You're listening to Nats Talk on the go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the go, special ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, we are in the Major League Baseball season, Craig McHenry. Baseball has started, and it's lovely, and I'm so happy. I'm so, so happy that it's here. Yeah, it's it was very important for a lot of people for a lot of reasons, but just to be able to, I mean, I, I will admit that I uh, got a little teary-eyed both uh, the day before and the day of opening day, just because of like So that. opening day one and opening day two? Indeed, Nats opening day and baseball opening day. Uh, yes. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. In reverse order. And yeah, I, I said it backwards, but yeah, the effort's still there. Strike that, reverse it. <laughs> um, is that a thing that people do? I don't know. So it's, it's uh, Willy Wonka, maybe. Maybe I don't know. Uh, so it's good to have baseball back. It I on Sunday I just I there were three baseball games on and I watched parts of or all of all three of them. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah, to be able damn to. Cubs Cardinals game. Yeah, that game was great. That game was great. That was a great game. I cannot believe the Cubs came back to tie it. Yeah, that it, it's it's that that's Cub, Craig. That that's Cub hashtag. hashtag well Cub. done, well done, Nats on your hashtag, by the way. Yeah, you look at all the super creative. Uh, I don't know. You look at some of the other attempts at creativity, and you go, eh, hashtag Nats Honest, not so bad. I, honestly, the only one worse is hashtag Reds. Yeah. Uh, I think the only one worse is hashtag our season or hashtag welcome back baseball. Oh, that's terrible. D- dagger to you, uh, Diamondbacks and Mariners, respectively. Wow, that's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Welcome back baseball is super long for a hashtag. Uh, n- not worse than uh, there were two that were really long. There was one that was like. I think the Yankees was like hashtag Bronx Bombers are back or something. It was like eighteen characters long. That's that's ridiculous for a hashtag. Yeah, it's no one's going to use that. As I said, it's a limited character medium. Yeah, you, you can't use eighteen of them on your hashtag. Just like the uh, ridiculousness of a local media outlet using full name hashtags for Nets recaps and such. I did not see that. It's a it's a thing now. Oh really. Hashtag Blake Trinan. <laughs> oh, nice. Hashtag Trey Turner. Well, I feel like that means we just have to get into the thing because uh, the whole point of trying to get a podcast in today was because it was the Nats off day. We wanted to make sure we were able to get some Nats content in early on. And uh, for those that are listening live, it's a bit of a late start. For those of you who are listening to podcasts, you're doing podcasts how they're supposed to be done. So well done. Uh, but opening day... You couldn't ask for a better day. Wise, I was, you know, like three or four days out. It looked like it was going to be a total washout. Yeah, it looked like there was going to be a rain. There was a great, there was a really big chance of rain uh, in the middle of the afternoon, which obviously wouldn't work too well for a one o'clock start. I'd say not. Um, and but it turned out to be a, a beautiful day, great day for baseball. Um, I, I I like what the Nats have done on opening day. As far as, you know, the the branches of the military having a person, a member of each branch throwing out the first pitch and having the national anthem performed by a branch of the military. I just think that that's a nice touch and I hope that they keep that going for, for DC personally. You know, I, I just think that's a nice little thing they have going. Hopefully they... I think... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really nice. It's a good touch. Uh, I'm obviously, I'm not a giant fan of the over uh patriotismization well well done with that word i it's made up probably <laughs> um of everything but in a town like dc i think it works a little bit better uh just you know with it being in the navy yard and having such a strong navy president presence uh the flyover was cool as hell yeah the flyover was great uh, I got chills up my spine yep. uh, for that one. So that was really neat. Um, obviously, the uh, unnecessarily large, uh, I don't know where they get it, American flag. American flag. Yeah. 
Probably uh, the, from China. Yeah, from China. Uh, it, it's just it's just a really cool experience, and they do the on field stuff really well. You, the introductions were great. The uh, um, having what's his face do the introductions was was really nice. <laughs> what's his face, James Taylor? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. James Taylor? No, it's not James Taylor. What's his name? James, James Brown. Brown. James Brown. James Taylor James sings Taylor sings the dulcet tones. He he sings the dulcet tones. Never mind. Yeah, oh, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. We could sing this yeah. whole show, but yeah, James Brown. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it's always cool because he he does that every year, so it's always it's kind of a neat thing. Although he yeah. got he got verbose with the intros this year. Yeah, <laughs> he, he went a little, little long with the explanation of each player's role in the organization, but it, it's still a nice touch, nonetheless. Yeah, so got myself a nice little sunburn because have you met Joe? Yeah, and this the sun came out, which was very nice. It was, uh, nice. and like you said, it was a nice little treat to have the sun uh, sun out. The weather turned out really nice, and it was a great little uh, opening day in terms of the weather. Uh, as for the uh, fan experience, uh, I don't know if you experienced what I experienced, but uh, I think the phrase unmitigated disaster came up several times. Yeah. Uh, there were, there were some, there were some tough fan experience things. What, what is your thought on it, at least? I, I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Um, well, customer service needs to be number one. Uh, the Nationals have established uh, very clearly that at times the product on the field is secondary right. <laughs> um, and that the fan experience is number one at the end of the day. And they really let a lot of people down with uh, the credit card machines being down, a new system, the concessions workers. I know they are contractors, but it was, uh, there were some salty concessions workers. Yeah. Uh, I, early on in the day, uh, somebody pointed this out to me and I don't, I don't remember who it was, but someone pointed this out and said, well, it's, it is opening day for those guys too. In the, in, you know, it's a cliche, but in the fact that they usually have a game at Nats Park just before the season, but it got rained out this year. So it did. It, it, a lot of those people, it was the first time for them to even be touching those credit card machines with actual people. Um, so I give a little bit of, of leeway on that because it can be difficult, but, um, yeah, I had some incredibly long waits. <laughs> there were some long waits. Um, and they ran out of everything. Did they food really? wise? They ran out of a lot of the dumpling stand ran out of dumplings. I heard by, that like, very early the on second inning. Uh, and to which I, I posit, if the game was canceled on Saturday, wouldn't they have more food by Monday? Yeah, that's a, like, that's a va- wouldn't valid they have point. food left over that's that a valid they point. didn't use? Yeah. Like, I understand that stuff goes bad, but usually the way it works, in my understanding, is you buy food for the homestand. And that's why you see them kind of just like not yeah, caring as much. And, stand, right? Yeah, yeah. And then by the end of the homestand, it's kind of like, yeah, well, I'm going to fill your popcorn a little bit higher. You yeah. know, I'm going to give you a little bit more of that orange cheese here on your nachos on the last game of the homestand. Um, so wouldn't they have a little bit more? So they were out of dumplings. Uh, the lines were all incredibly long. They didn't have any gelato in the gelato stand. You know, just. Really weird things on top of the we don't take credit cards right now and the season ticket holders can't use their e-cash. Mm. All right. Well, that's that, that's a bad time. I, I didn't yeah. get to experience a lot of that, luckily. But um, and I, I, it I was slow. Say, I will say, uh, and this is, uh, I did get a free sandwich. Well, snap. Ooh, I've got so it. I I am more excited about what we got to experience with the on-field product, though, I must say. I will say, can I just say my free sandwich was amazing? Well, what was your free sandwich? It was, I don't even know. I think it was a pork gyro. Ooh, yummy. Yeah. Uh, yummy. Because, because they screwed up an order oh, for nice. someone else. Uh, right. a, friend, uh, a, a friend of the pod, a special ops member, um, Minnesota Nicer, uh, vegetarian, 
got a meat-filled pork gyro. Well, a gyro, gyro. And so I ate it all gone. That is, that sounds delicious. It was really a, a happy accident for me. <laughs> I'll say. I'm very sorry for our friend Minnesota Nicer. Well, uh, as far as the the season being underway, Craig, it was quite a first game product on the field, I must say. Yeah, uh, this is probably my fourth or fifth opening day uh, as a, a paying customer, and I was over, to be completely honest. Like, the Nationals have literally never won. So I was going in there expecting just another... Blech performance. You know, I went last year. It was blech. Your expectation uh, has been set. It has been set. Uh, I believe I went when I was in college one time. They played the Mets. They lost nine to two, something awful like that. I was at you the know. eleven to one John Lannon start loss against the Phillies, where he faced Roy Blech. Halladay. You know, I've, I've been there too. Yeah, I've, it's uh, my record is abysmal on opening day. So. I was not expecting too much. I was just expecting to be excited to be at the ballpark, experience it, you know, be around the, the, the people that I love so, so very dearly uh, and the game that I adore and the place that I love most of all. Yeah, I and agree. That was going to be enough to, you know, tide me over and then I could deal with everything after the fact. Um, but the game was good. The game was awesome. And I, I have to say, so when... I saw Strasburg come out, and he was throwing his warm-up pitches from the stretch. I was like, oh, here we go. You know, you knew it was going to happen. He, it was the plan all along. But to see him go out, even as, you know, he was, quote, in line for the loss through, you know, six innings, uh, through five and a half innings, I guess. No, six innings. Six and a half innings. Six and a half innings he was in line for the loss. Um he pitched very well. I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of people who actually watch the game on TV, so they got, they got to see the way that uh, he pitched a little bit better than I could from the stands. He was locating his pitches, throwing well, even some of the good contact. Because for a couple of innings there, the Marlins were making some really, really great contact. Yes. But apparently his pitches were good. It's just sometimes major league hitters are going to do that. You know, yeah. that, that happens from time to time, but he didn't, he, uh, he, he didn't he shall from time to time. He shall from time to time. Way to get that out of the way in the first 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> he didn't give up a home run. <laughs> he always distracting with your Sorkin. He didn't give up a home run. He gave up a couple of heart of, of, you know, 330 plus foot flyouts. But, uh, other than that, he pitched very well. He notched lower than average strikeouts for Steven Strasburg. He only got yeah. three in seven innings, which is interesting. But he didn't walk anybody either. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of strikeouts, and I definitely noticed that there was a lot of pitch to contact. There was a lot of ground balls. There was a lot of ground balls. Yeah, I agree. And not only that, I, I, looked, I happened to look up when he was through 80 pitches, and he had thrown 60 strikes. I mean, yeah. he was just pounding the strike zone, which yeah. it has always been his thing. The, where where Strasburg's always got in trouble with that is it's always starting out with the first pitch strike fastball and, and hitters being able to jump on that. While they may not be able to do that on April 3rd, it's a lot more likely they're going to be able to do that on you know June 3rd. So, or July 3rd, as hitters gets ramp, get ramped up. But if he's locating pitches and he's working in his changeup, and he did throw a few sliders, even though he said he wasn't going to. So, uh, I was really optimistic about what I saw from him pitching out of the stretch on opening day, all that kind of stuff. He pitched seven innings of six hit base and no walk baseball. You really, Six hits, no walks, three strikeouts. I want to say just the two runs. The two I mean, runs. That's just a dominant opening day performance. Yeah, 2.57, uh, 2.57 ERA on opening day. You cannot ask for more than that. There are not many major league pitchers who are going to do give you more than that on opening day. I mean, yeah. and one of the few is the guy who's going to be starting on Friday in Max Scherzer. So, I mean, there are very few people in major league baseball, pitchers who could start in major league baseball on opening day and give you seven innings of two-run, six-hit baseball. Yeah, it was it was just a really really 
drama-free Steven Strasberg performance. Yeah, it, which, it really which was. Which is really nice, uh, considering the last time we saw Steven Strasberg take the mound. Uh, it was, uh, I believe, in the middle of a podcast. Uh, oh, yeah, and, right. Yeah. And, it was yeah. during a podcast where we all thought that he was on, way, uh, on his pretty, way to the second Tommy John surgery. And I'm pretty sure we threw up in our mouths collectively. Yeah, it was pretty. It was an ugly podcast if you had listened to that episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, so anyway, it was really nice to see him out there. And uh, I, I guess the big story would definitely just be it was drama-free. It was, I, I mean, not effortless, but it was... Well, you don't really expect effortless on opening day. I mean, the right. reason you get the opening day start if you're on a playoff contending team is because it's good, it's a hard time to start. You just left spring training. You've been traveling on a bus around Florida, and then you've traveled from Florida, and you're moving up. It's really hard to start and, and get into your season on opening day in, in, at the beginning of April. Um, the Nats were lucky to start their season at home this year, which is always great, but... Um, yeah, it's not easy to start an opening day, and Strasburg did a great job. Yeah, he sure did. That was a just a great performance, um, and he went up against Edinson Volquez. Yeah, who uh, I forgot was playing for the Marlins, if I'm being honest. Who is a Marlin. Yeah. Uh, he also pitched very well. He pitched. He started a little bit rocky, and he had some rocky innings, but uh, on the whole did pretty well. Um, definitely a good foil, and... Uh, in my own mind, while I was sitting there watching the game, I just thought, oh, here we go, you know. The the Marlins get two runs on, you know, in one inning, and that's just going to end up being the difference, and the Nats offense really isn't going to get anything going. Right. You know, that's just what I thought. I was like, okay, well, it's opening day. Bats aren't ready. You know, that's just – this is typical, you know. And that's just where my mind went just because it's opening day and then the Nats will obviously win nine straight games when I'm not there. Well, and they had they had two first and second no out situations in which they got nothing <laughs> at all. Yeah. And the third one they finally capitalized, but uh, in the first inning they they had first and second with uh with Turner and Eaton getting on with no outs and you go Okay, Harper and then Murphy coming up. This is going to be good. And it just, it totally fizzled out. And so it gives you some pause from the beginning, but they were able to dig out. And I know we, we chatted about the, the Nats lineup and with Anthony Rendon not playing opening day, kind of, we, we didn't know that was going to happen. So it kind of messed, messed with what we thought was going to happen. But I've always thought that Adam Eaton should be hitting second. I completely agree. And... Do you think that his performance on opening day with two walks and a hit, so so a f- hitting 500 with two two walks on opening day yeah, gets him a, a chance in that on role? Base percentage. What's that? A 750 on base. A 750 on base percentage on opening day. Do you think that gets him a gets him that role at least for a little while? I think I would like to see him stick around in that spot because that's where I think he should be anyway. I'm not sure if Dusty's going to feel that way as well. Um, I love Rendon in the two hole as well, yep. but, um, I would also Rendon uh, two or five to me. I would, good. I would, I think ideally, uh, in this situation, I would see Rendon at five, but, uh, I do like the way Ryan Zimmerman has been hitting the ball, which is, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, and by has been, I mean, in that one single game that we saw, <laughs> Well, and also, and also, during the spring he was lashing the ball too, and all last year he was lashing the ball. So, at some point, gotta get that launch angle, gotta yeah, get that exit velo. Yeah, indeed, exit velo is important, as many people will tell us over and over again. But I think that Eaton two and Rendon when he comes back five makes a lot more sense. Rendon is going to hit for a lot more power. There's a, it's a lot more likely that he's going to be in a run-driving-in situation. I know that's kind of an antiquated thought process, but uh, Eaton also faster than Rendon to have him up at the top of the lineup with Turner I think is just so explosive to then have. I think Turner, Eaton, Harper are among the best top three in Major League Baseball. And you put... But on the flip side, if you, put, if you make it Turner, Rendon, Harper, it doesn't get any worse. <laughs> So as long as it's Turner or Rendon in that two spot, I think you, you can be satisfied with it. I just think having the speed up top is a little bit better off. I, I, I like it there. Um, 
I wouldn't be mad at it with Rendon. No, I wouldn't either. So, I wouldn't either. Yeah. It's, I agree. I agree there, but the top uh, four or with five your, with your power with the with the power that Rendon has shown uh, in the five hole. I think, or just generally, I think he would fit better in the five hole than Adam Eaton. And I think putting Zimmerman back a little bit more is going to give him even more opportunities to hit the ball. So I agree. And, and the top four or five for the Nats is just an embarrassment of riches. I mean, that's that's the thing that you know we've talked about the few shows that we did in the winter and based on the fan graph story and a few other things that like the national starting depth starting lineup is as good as you get in major league baseball. It's just once you have to dig to the, into the depths of the lineup. It's it, once it you have out. to have Steven drew starting on opening day who rolls over two double plays, two double plays. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the problem that you have when you don't have Rendon start, and it goes down to Stephen Drew. Stephen Drew is fine if he's playing in 50, forty or fifty games a year, and uh, not yeah. not starting playing. <laughs> okay, thank you for the clarification. Yeah, not starting playing. I mean, like getting a pinch hit appearance in, for, in yeah. forty or fifty games a year, you're fine. But when you have to rely on him starting, it, you put yourself in a tough spot. It's, yeah, so. That that obviously changed uh, how things looked. Um, it was a really nice all-around performance from the Washington Nationals. I mean, we we only have this one game to talk about, and I know everyone's really excited about opening day, so we're talking about it a lot more in depth than we will probably any other game until we get to the playoffs. Yep. Um, but outside of Worth's three strikeouts – and Stephen Drew's two double plays and both of them going over. There's really nothing negative to say. No. About the about the entire team. I mean, everyone in the lineup looked really good. Um and then the defense was solid. The pitching was obviously really solid. There the were, bullpen. Sammy some... Solis was fantastic. He always is. I, watching Solis pitch is awesome. I love, you know, the thing always with him always has been health. And so to be able to see him pitch on opening day is great. And I hope that he could stay healthy. But you, you mentioned the, the defense. And I want to just bump on that for a minute. Trey Turner made an amazing play at shortstop. Where he, again, people always talk about how his arm's not great. But that speed... And the range that he has means he's going to get to more balls than even Danny Espinosa or Ian Desmond would. Now, he doesn't quite have the arm to, to throw him out in that way. But if he can make his footwork happen, then you, you make up a little time there. He was great. Race Harper made a great catch in right field. Jason Worth made a great catch in left field. Adam Eaton, getting used to his new center field, made a couple of good running plays. Bryce Harper made a phenomenal catch at the wall. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a, they, defensively, it was a really, really good game. It was a really solid game. Yeah. It was a really, really good game. Um, yeah, Sammy Solis was just incredibly effective in that eighth inning role, which that's, I don't know if, do you think we should read anything into the fact that Solis was in there in the eighth? I don't think reading a lot into it. I th- you know, I think he was facing Yelich, who's a lefty, which was, which was a factor um, there, but maybe there's something to look into. Maybe maybe if it was a one-run lead, it would have been Kelly, but it's a two-run lead, so it was... I don't know. I I don't read that much into it, except for Yelich is a very, very good left-handed hitter. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he faced him. But uh, Solis, I truly believe, has some of the best stuff in that bullpen when he's healthy. I really believe that's true. Um, and he can pitch two righties and lefties as a lefty, and that gets him a ton of credit. He is not Oliver Perez. He could pitch to anybody, which is awesome. And then Trinan was just nails. Oh, Trinan. Like, that was exactly what you want to see out of a closer. Like, and- it was, it was a, a foul pop-up that went 10 feet. And then two strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, it, it was utterly dominant. And to see him come in against Stanton and, and just get that pop-up, it was it was awesome. I mean, it was just really, really, really good to see. And it was the thing that I liked about Trinan, and I also liked about uh, Adam Lind after he hit that home run, which we obviously have to talk about. Like that, oh, yeah. Him we'll coming in and, and, and hitting that pinch at home run, uh, 
um, was obviously the catalyst for the game. But both of those guys, like Lind rounded first base and he pumped his fist like he just like Kirk Gibson did. I yep. mean, he was so amped about it, which is awesome to see. Like, because he had a rough year last year after having an incredibly solid career. Um, so he had a rough year last year. So to start his season that way had to feel great. And then Blake trying in the same way. When he got out, uh, I don't remember if it was after he got Stanton to pop up or after he got bored to strike out that he like pumped his fist and like showed a little emotion out there, which closers generally don't do. And I think that's the thing I liked about Trinan so much when I predicted that he was going to close. Notice how I threw that in there. Oh, I see that. <laughs> uh, is I think that, you know, the traditional closer mentality is great, but there's something to the fact that Trinan's a little bit more of a reserved character and, uh, but shows the emotion when he's feeling it. And he was clearly feeling it in that game. And he, I mean, just was nails. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was, like, there's not enough superlatives to say about the Nats' performance. I mean, it was a really well-executed ball game from Dusty Baker, from the Nationals, uh, all the players, the defense, the offense, everything. I mean, there were there were a lot of runners left on base. There yeah. were. There was uh, a, very, uh, a very poor job of the Nationals getting runners – in from scoring positions. Uh, they had multiple runners on base several times. And With none out that they could yeah. capitalize. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, several times. Um, so that that's, I mean, kind of fluky and early in the season kind of thing, but uh, not something you can really say, well, keep an eye on that because that could turn into a problem. But, but what know, the Nats that's... have to do all year, I mean, is ha- take a team like the Marlins who has good starting pitching and then – you know, not get killed during the first five or six innings and then destroy the bullpen. And that's exactly what they did. So if they can continue to do that and get good pinch hits out of people later in games, then they're going to have an incredibly solid year. And both you and I are going to be very low on our, on our win predictions. Um, Yeah. Which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the, the hero of the day outside of Steven Strasburg, um, who received our number one star, uh, Adam Lind. Um, oh, yeah. He won the, I guess you can say, first base bench roll. Yeah, I, I guess over Clint that's Robinson. That's what we're going to call it, over Clint Robinson. Um, it wasn't really that much of a surprise. Um, so, veteran player. Really excited to be there. We talked about it a little bit last week, but Clint Robinson was a player, one extra base hit in the second half last season. Right, which uh, is unacceptable for anybody pretending to play first base. Exactly, and so, Clint Robinson has since um, cleared waivers and accepted his assignment to AAA. Uh, so he's no longer on the 40-man, but he is still within the organization, which is awesome, which means he can still be called up. He would obviously have to go through waivers again and all that and be added to the 40-man, but he's still within the Nationals organization, which is great. Which is what you said you wanted last when we did a show last week. That's exactly yeah, what you absolutely. said you wanted, it's, yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's the kind of guy you want to stick around. Um, but, another, another note on that guy that just re- returned to the organization after two Tommy John surgeries in Aaron Barrett, which is, a, which is also a nice little touch. Ah, yes, 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 yes. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Just Very a, nice. Just to throw in. Um, so Adam Lind comes up in a clutch position. Uh, 2-1. Uh, Nationals are down. Runner on base. And he just crushes one. Yeah. Just he... crushes one to, I guess, uh, we'll, we'll call it center field. Yeah, just below the scoreboard, but lower lower, uh, lower circle below the scoreboard. scoreboard yeah, just, so not upper just deck. But... above the out-of-town scoreboard. Yep. Ish, yeah. Yep. Just uh, crushes it. Uh, maybe one or two rows deep. Yeah, it really. I mean, it really wasn't. Nice it wasn't a, a wall scraper, but it wasn't like you know, it's twenty rows back either. But no, it was. You could t- when it left the bat, though. I mean, the whole stadium stood up, and I had a good angle on it from where I was sitting. And to watch that traje- the trajectory, like it left his bat, I was like, oh, that's a home run. That's a home yeah. run. You know, like you you could feel it happening and the whole crowd got into it. It was it, I mean, it wasn't a a hot it was a liner. I mean, he he got into it good. 
He got into it real yeah. good. And that had to feel so awesome again, like I said, to have him coming off of such a tough year to start his season like that in a pinch-hitting bench role. Has to yeah, and awesome. so much of pinch-hitting is confidence. And oh, yeah. And that's just going to – he's going to feed on that for quite some time, and that's just wonderful for him. Yeah. So. When you start off like that, you, you get the confidence as opposed to like, you know, when the Nationals tried to make it, have an experiment with Matt Stairs and it went the opposite way and then he got released. You know, <laughs> it's the confidence for a pinch hitting situation is incredibly, incredibly crucial. Yeah. So that was, that was just really nice to see. I was really, really happy, uh, at that moment, uh, yeah. cheering, uh, vociferously. <laughs> well done. Thank well you. Done. Um, well you, you used verbose, so I had to, Try and do something. You one-upped me. Uh, I don't know if that's one-upping. I think it's one-upping. Okay, fair. But in a good Um, way. And that was, of course, uh, adding on to the uh, just ho-hum, another Bryce Harper opening day home run. Yeah, I I was joking just before he hit that. I said, man, Bryce, you you set a standard here, man. Like, you you got to hit a home home run on opening day, and then he hit a home run that at bat. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. In, in the group I was sitting with, uh, special ops member uh, Steph Bully Nats, she said, well, we all know what Bryce Harper does uh, on opening day, right? And, you know. Nice. So, nice. It's always, always good to be able to, to, to summon to, to a home summon. run when he can. Yeah, exactly. So uh, just all around really, really nice performance uh, from the Nationals and really, really ready for game two already. Yeah. Like, it, I want it. I know. I, I wanted to. It's it's always so hard to 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 deal with the opening day and then day off. I get why, and especially this year when rain was a real factor, I totally get why. But it's still like, ugh. <laughs> it's it, it. You just want to have that that opening that next game after such a high from an opening day win. Or if you lose, you want to get that. You want your team back on the field so you're not sitting two days with a loss. You know, it's just right. You want it real bad. Yes, you do. Um, so you want to you uh, hit special ops stuff, or did you, you mention that you wanted to talk about some prediction-y things? Yeah, uh, let's let's do some special ops. All right, do the thing. Let's do some special ops. So uh, those of you that are regular listens, listeners to our podcast, we have our very own supporters club. It is Nat's Talk on the Go, special ops, ops standing for OPS, on-base plus slugging, it's a super clever name that I came up with. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> uh, I really like it a lot, and I was surprised that no one else had taken it, to be completely honest. Um, basically, we've been approached several times in the last few years. Uh, people that want to sponsor the show, blah, blah, blah. We never really wanted to be the ones to sit here uh, and read ads for uh, – I'm just going to read some ads. Audible or <laughs> – Casper mattresses or me undies or 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 what, what were those what books the gam the gambling sites FanDuel uh, yeah, FanDuel uh, any of those we never really wanted to do that uh, just because we didn't feel it was uh, it, it would fit we didn't feel it, it it was very Nats talk on the go we didn't feel it was within our hashtag brand if you will um, and one of our favorite just, things about this show is our interactions with the people who listen to the show. So, you know, we, it's not just like, you know, we're, we, we like people, we love the people who interact with us during the show. And after the show, we love getting tweets and emails from people. Yeah. And we, we know you're not just fans of the show and yes, you are fans of the show, but you're not just fans of the show. You're supporters of the show. You guys encourage us. You guys ask us to record. You guys send us, uh, questions you guys send us topics you guys uh basically just are there for us in your our backbone and we have said time and time again that we really wouldn't be doing what we're doing without you and that was before anything related to special ops and so with that in mind um we decided to start this group um now one of the parts of uh the special ops group is we have several expenses. Uh, I don't know anything about the technical side of the expenses. Um, we have 
server things, we have computer things, we have technical things, we have space things. I don't understand it. Joe can probably explain it a lot better than I can. Uh, but we have a lot of things that we have to pay for. And over the last six years we've been doing this show, they've come out of both of our pockets. And it's been not a small amount of money. Um, and it's been very hard as, you know, our lives have changed and things have gotten uh, different and time has gotten shorter and our time has gotten um, – What's what's what am I looking for here? What, our, time our time's gotten, become more occupied with uh, with, yes. with other priorities, you know. So. Yeah, with, with other things, with with work and you know, lives, uh, tiny babies and things like that. Indeed. Um, so we have asked uh, special ops. Uh, we've asked our supporters, our wonderful supporters, uh, if they'd be willing to share in that cost with us uh, and be able to donate some of their money to our cause and help us put on this show um, and become a special ops supporter. Uh, and with that, uh, we have exclusive T-shirts. Uh, we have, you know, other benefits that, you know, we're always working on trying to figure out and trying to just help our supporters. We follow you on Twitter. We, you know, we love you very much. We thank you on the show personally. Um, all of that. Uh so, Joe? Yeah, so uh, if you go to natstalkonthego.com slash specialops, that's where you'll, you'll see our supporter page. If you go there now, it currently has our first year t-shirt design. We will have a second year t-shirt design coming, uh, coming out very shortly. People who have already uh, started, to, started their year two special ops membership, uh, thank you very much. And we will be reading off those names in a future episode. But um, you will be getting our year two shirts uh, which the designs will be coming out here fairly shortly. And so basically what we ask is the yearly donation is $50 a year. Uh, monthly donation is $5 a month for a calendar year. If you if you are on with us for the ride, um, you get a t-shirt out of it, which basically means we're not taking home a huge portion of, of your donation, but you know it's our, our way of saying, hey, thank you for being supporters. And like, you, like Craig said, uh, help pay our kind of just pay our expenses. That's really our only goal. Yeah. We're not our taking anything. For. Um, so we like, like Craig was saying, we have, we got a website that's hosted. We, that, that I, that I host, we have to host the, the podcast episode somewhere. So we have to pay a monthly membership for that in order to get that hosted properly. And, uh, future improvements down, down the line, as far as live show interaction, I just came up with a new idea today of how things could work a little bit better, uh, that I haven't even shared with Craig yet that I'll be sharing after we finish recording this episode. But that, that could not only help get people more engaged and interactive in what we're doing, um, but help just alleviate some of the some of the technical stress, stresses because uh, it's got the the feed's got to come from somewhere when we do this live feed. So uh, we got a lot of really cool ideas coming down the pike. So if you do want to support, we will get that the new T-shirt design up here pretty shortly. But if you if you want to support even before you see the T-shirt design, if you go to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops, you will see all the information on how you could become a recurring member, a one-time member, or a monthly member uh, to the podcast. Yeah, to the podcast. To the um, podcast. And just one more quick note, I guess. Uh, anything we make above the cost of the show, we donate to the Nats, Nats Youth Baseball Academy. Yes, we so, were we were quite happy to be able to to donate a not ex insignificant amount of money to that wonderful organization last season. So uh, it's not like Joe and I are uh, taking any of this for ourselves. Um, we like to get back, and we've never wanted to really make money on this. We do it because we love it and because we love you guys. Um, so we know a lot of you out there listening are supporters already, and we thank you completely and truly and fully from the bottom of our hearts. Um, but there are some more out the, uh, some more of you out there that, uh, we know are listening that we'd love to have you on board. Uh, we'd love to have you as uh, special ops supporters. Um, and we'd love to have you, uh, uh, sign up. So head to the website, uh, and let us know if you have any questions. Yeah. And, and on that note, if you, if you aren't quite, uh, if you don't quite have that money a month to be able to help us out, we totally understand that everybody's been there. 
We do ask if, if you can or can't support us financially, if you can go and give us a, a good old-fashioned rating on iTunes. That always helps us get to the uh, get higher in the Nats charts as more of the uh, hashtag mainstream media starts to get on the podcast. Train. So it will, it will help us out stay to the top of the feeds for, for some Nats talk, whether in the stationary state or on the go. We can record at Chadwick's. <laughs> nice. Uh, I want to give two more plugs and then we'll move on to predictions. Uh, first is to our awesome design czar, Kurt, who designs our logos and designed the logo on our t-shirt last year. He will design the logo on our t-shirt this coming year. He's incredibly talented. We are very lucky to have him as part of the team. Uh, and, uh, you should look forward to that design here coming forward. And also to Josh Nelson, who does the voiceover for the intro and outro on this podcast and the music by his band, The Crimson Electric, at the beginning of end, and end of every show. Both guys just kind of offered help, and it was amazing. And uh, we, didn't, we didn't reach out to them. They reached out to us. We, we feel very lucky to have them. I think that's it. I think you nailed it, and I think we nailed it, and I think our special ops members are the greatest human people in the world. Hashtag uh, As well as our future special ops members. Indeed. As well as everybody who listens to this show. That's true as well. Uh, but so, a little bit less than our special <laughs> Craig's got the honesty going on. You know what? That's fine. Straight shooter. Respect the <laughs> Respect on both sides. Uh, okay, so let's talk about predictions real quick, and then let's get into any questions we may or may not have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're just going to keep it uh, pretty straightforward on our predictions, and I know we're one game in, and we're going to do – I have Joe's prediction. So he's not allowed to change it, and he has mine, so I'm not allowed to change it. This was done uh, Sunday before the season started. Uh, my prediction is I believe the Nationals are going to win 89 games and lose 73 games. I believe they're going to be a wild card team. So, whoops, sorry, uh, Mets are going to win the division. I just think their rotation is going to be healthy, actually, and they're really young, and I think they're really good, and they throw a lot of good sliders. <laughs> yeah. I, from my from my perspective, which I think is really weird because we kind of in our talking up until this point we're saying the opposite thing, <laughs> but nonetheless, I have the Nats winning ninety games. Um, I think that they are going to win the East at ninety games because I think there's going to be a lot more parity in the division this year than there was in previous seasons. So uh, I, that's that's my prediction. Nice, I like it. Um, and then for uh, Nationals MVP. I believe I had Bryce Harper because I think I think Bryce Harper is healthy this year from the mystery ailment hashtag uh, that he was having last year. Um, so yeah, uh, Bryce Harper. Right I there. I think I, we're looking at another uh, not quite as good as his MVP season, but I think it's going to be real close. Yeah, I mean. Opening day always gives you a good a good jolt of that when Harper always hits a home run. I decided to go a little uh, off the page there. I, I predicted that Trey Turner is going to be the Nets MVP yeah. in uh, 2017. I think that the combination of speed, power, contact, defense, I think we're going to see something special from Trey this year. And uh, so I predicted him to be the Nets MVP in my uh, in my estimation. Um, that's great. I love it. Uh, and. This is uh, probably a record for this podcast, but uh, we're going to disagree again here. Uh, my Cy Young pick uh, for the Nationals, I've got, uh, I believe I picked Max Scherzer just you because sh- you sure did. he's so good. He because he's like... really good at baseball, and he kind of won the NL Cy Young last year, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be just as good this next year. Uh, it's, it's a good pick. I'm not mad at it. I decided to go with the least surprising pick on the planet. Uh, uh, for me personally, uh, I'm, I'm going with Steven Strasburg as being the, uh, Nats Cy Young. I, I, you know, he's getting the opening day start for the first time in a couple of years since, uh, Scherzer has been around. And I just think he's going to, he's going to take on his bulldog mentality from the stretch and, be able to throw hard, stay healthy, and and be able to push to the you know make thirty two or thirty three starts, make a full year out of it, have a have a sub three ERA. I think he's just going to light it up. Yeah, we just disagreed on three straight things. How about that, people? You have wanted this for so long, people. You've that's wanted right for so long. Uh, yeah, that's those are the predictions we have. I think, Craig, unless you had other any other thoughts. 
I got nothing on predictions. All right. All right. Uh, questions. You want me to try and take a stab? It's up to you, man. You keep making me do it. Okay. Uh, do you want to do it? I'm ready. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, I was just about to start singing again, but I'm not going to. Were, were, were you going to sing Jack's Mannequin? I, oh, yes, I was. Good. Okay. Okay, go ahead. All right, here we go. This, uh, we're going to do, let, let's make it a lightning round. Oh, wow, lightning round. I like that. Wait, I'm in the wrong mentions. There we go. That's better. Okay, here we go. Um, what are your thoughts on Adam Lynn's facial hair? Very bad. Very bad. It's a little stringy. But if he keeps hitting home runs like that, I do not care. That's fair. Um, okay, uh, will Joe Ross or Jeremy Guthrie uh, be the one that comes up first? Joe Ross. I agree that it will be Joe Ross, and I don't think he will be going back down. What, until he maybe gets hurt, which, that's, ho- which hopefully does not happen. That's true. Uh, and that was from uh, Steve Golden and Michelle. Thank you, guys. Um, care to comment on Joe versus the broadcaster spat? <laughs> Putting me on notice there, a Nats fan. Uh, I, it was not an intentional spat. Mm-hmm. I, I tweeted that uh, I have a new PS4, and I was excited about the audio options, which I put Charlie and Dave on and just Park Sounds on, but did not include actually the mass and audio. Did not mean to insult anybody by that. No one blames you on that. But apparently I did insult somebody on that. <laughs> so yes, I do feel did. genuinely bad. You should not feel bad. Okay, but I do, because I know. I'm a guilty Irish former Catholic. That's fair. <laughs> Go ahead. It's okay. Do you care uh, to comment at all? More no than worries. That? No worries, buddy. <laughs> no, thank you. Perfect. No worries, buddy. Perfect. <laughs> the okay. Uh, real quick, I'm gonna jump this one here. Uh, Nationals 101 is back on Twitter. So good. Welcome back, buddy. Uh, Special Ops member Frank. Welcome back. Uh, and yes, favorite recently resurrected Twitter handle. It would be Nationals it's 101. Nas- Nationals 101 for sure. Um, okay. Uh, round of questions from. Um, the wonderful Dan Guzman, uh, who brought me some delicious beers, of which I am drinking the launch beer right now and from, Tr- from Trillium. And who wrote us a wonderful uh, opening day card that we got in the mail uh, today. Uh, That's which, lovely. Which was really very nice and in my fragile emotional state also made me cry. Oh, so, and j- just so you guys know, uh, Dan is probably now my favorite special ops member. Just because he brought me a lot of beer, so there's a bar. That, there's your standard. There's a bar. Okay, it's... let's let's get into to Dan's professional producing questions. Okay, uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking launch beer from Trillium Brewing Company, and it's amazing. I'm drinking a Port City Porter. Beautiful. Uh, why is Nats Park still a train wreck for concessions? We covered that. We did. Um, in a battle royale of Nats Talk on the Go versus Mass and Colco's new podcast, who would win in a bare-knuckle brawl? Oh, God. That's from Steve Golden, by the way. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think Colco's going to be pretty scrappy. I think Colco's going to win, too. Yeah, okay. But you know what? I really I'm taking think us. it's going to... I'm I taking us. Just, yeah? Yeah, I'm doing it. Because there's two of us. It's right. <laughs> two, two on Colco. Uh and yes, I think they're just realizing that I'm a whore for beer. I, where's everyone been for like six years? Okay. Um, w- was Eaton playing too shallow in center field? Uh, I don't think he was. He, he had a, a, a pretty rough play on a ball early in the game. Again, you have to remember, they did not have their exhibition game at Nats Park. He's not played there. So I think he deserves a little bit of a pass, unless unless when he was with the White Sox during their, the one interleague matchup, but I don't even think he was. So he hasn't had a chance to play there. He gets a little bit of a pass on where he's playing. Um, I am okay with it because I think he's a good center fielder, and I think he's got some decent range going back on the ball. Um, so until he gets burned, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biggest takeaway from opening day, if you haven't already covered, best best and worst moments from the day on the field. Best moment for me was probably the Lind home run. Yeah. Uh, worst moment was probably... <sighs> I don't know. Um, I don't know if I have a worst moment. 
Uh, so my best moment, I'm going to take two best moments on the field. Yeah. Uh, my first one is, it, I mean, it has to be Adam Lind. Uh, the, the other best one was at the end of the game, uh, Daniel Murphy and Stephen Drew with their kids were out throwing BP to their kids. Oh, that's cute. And it was just adorable. And there were, there was a bunch of fans watching and Stephen Drew's kid can rake and he's like two. Um, I believe it. And like fans were cheering. It was awesome. Uh, worst moment. I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I'm caveat worst moment doesn't actually matter for the long term, but the worst moment was watching Jason Worth try and hit a baseball. Mm. I, it was it was ugly. I don't think it's going to mean anything for the season. He was I, not good against that sidearm reliever. He, Ooh. I mean, he just he couldn't. He just wasn't picking it up, and that that happens. was one of the uglier bats I've ever seen. It was bad. It, so that's the moment that I'm going to take, and I will take the yelling at for it. That's fine. Um, what are your thoughts on the Nets' defense? Um, very, very good. <laughs> I thought it was very, good. very, very good. I mean, I, I think, think it will be even better once Rendon is in there. Completely agree. Yep. Uh, I don't have a schedule in front of me, but what do you think is the toughest series for the Nets this month? Oh. Are the Mets coming into town? Because it's the Mets. They probably are. Uh, why don't you uh, go to the next question, and I'll I'll find that information. Which net is the funniest on Facebook, and who is just terrible and posts dumb political stuff and boring food pics? <laughs> That's very specific, and I feel like there's a right answer to it. Um, funniest on Facebook. Who would be funny? I don't know. I don't. I don't know their personalities yet of the new guys. Um, I feel like Adam Eaton's got to be on the funny list. He's probably funny. He seems like he's got jokes. He's probably got jokes. Uh, so back to the schedule question. Uh, the Nets have the Mets twice this month. Yeah, it's the Mets. One, once home, once away. It's the Mets away. Yeah. Uh, also, just to go through the schedule, we got Marlins first series, Phillies, Cardinals at home, Phillies at home, uh, Braves away, Mets away, Rockies for four away, Mets at home. Yeah, I mean, it's Mets away. Uh, yeah, it's Mets away. <laughs> I don't have anything else. Uh, who will be the Nats bench player to be the most uh, – to be in most demand by fans to get regular playing time, the Lombo Award? Whose question was this? Uh, this is B. Uh, Frank's question. Nice. And yes, I just said this is B. <laughs> this, this is B. Frank's question. This is B. Frank's question, uh, yo. I think that uh, it's going to be – I want to say Lind, but I think Lind's going to start a lot. <laughs> so yeah, um, I've I, I've made that prediction. So um, man, I guess I got to go with Lind. I don't really have another another option worth saying unless it's Taylor. It's going to be Taylor. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be Taylor yeah, for me. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, suggestions for baseball video games. I know you talked a little bit about MLB the Show. So I, I love the show. I think it's great. But there is no way to play MLB The Show casually. You just can't. They they have a lot of cool modes that in, in MLB The Show 17 I've started digging into. But um, it's a huge time suck. The only way that I uh, make any dent into actually playing the show is by playing it on my TV while watching the Nats game on my computer or iPad. <laughs> because I just can't. It, it, it takes too much time. They have a lot of cool modes where you can lo do player lock. I've been player locking as Harper and Turner uh, interchangeably um, in my in my mode. But I love pitching in the video game, so uh, it just takes a long time. It nice. It takes a really long time. Nice. Um, this is an offer. If I can score an interview with a Nationals or Nats minor league player, will you play it on the podcast? Uh, we would definitely consider it based on the content. There we go. Okay. Who was um, that? This was Steve Golden. Oh, yeah. No, we're not because he was mean to me today. Wow. That's yeah. true. He was. Yep. That was rude. Um, uh, looking for wild speculation, what was the drug of abuse that uh, Manny Burris got suspended for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess uh, Adderall. Nice. That is a good guess. 
That is a very good guess. That's my guess. Helps with the focus. Yeah. That's a good guess. You have one? Uh, Molly. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Let's see. (laughs) Oh, this was the greatest beard question ever that we've (laughs) ever gotten. Why do people send me complaints anytime Jason Worth has a bad game and you could... And could you politely ask them to refrain from doing so? Yeah, so Jason Wirth's beard's not Jason Wirth. Stop being mean to beard. There you go. That is, seriously, it's just not cool. Don't do that. Yeah. Beard is fantastic. It's just, it's just a beard. Yes. Uh, and, did you guys... and, and objectively, that beard is fantastic. So what do you have to complain about? There you go. Did you get an 8-ball from the 8-ball promotion? If so, did you enjoy the chaos after the game? Uh, I did get the eight ball promotion. I did not, I was probably one of the last several hundred people to leave the ballpark. So there was no chaos at all. It was wonderful. Oh, well, that's great. Uh, I, I, I did supposedly get one. Um, I did not get it myself. Fair enough. I did not enjoy the chaos. Someone did help you out. Uh, what did you think, uh, about the banner that was unfurled? After the game. Ah, uh, the impeach Trump resist banner? Yes. Um, I mean, There's a picture. I feel like it is, it was an inevitable thing to have to happen. I do not have a problem with peaceful protest. I am glad that it happened after the game and did not ruin my in-game experience. There you go. That is how I feel about it. What about you? Uh, this is from, and that was from John Harrell. So thank you, John. Uh, with the heightened importance of bullpens, do you think the role of bullpen coach should be more important? Why don't you take it? Um, not necessarily, no. Um, uh, I think your bullpen coach is obviously going to be someone intelligent, uh, someone smart, uh, someone good. You're not going to hire a schmuck to be your bullpen coach. It's going to be someone with a good pitching background. Um, so it is going to be like another pitching coach. Um, so I don't think you're going to spend the money to steal another pitching coach essentially just to put in the bullpen. Um, but a lot of the work for bullpen is done, not in the bullpen during games. Uh, and a lot of the work that a pitching coach does happens throughout normal times, not mid-game or during games. So I don't think it's necessarily that important to have a good bullpen coach who just answers the phone. I mean, there's a reason. It's just another coach. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that your hitting coach is Mike Maddox or Steve McCaddy and your your bullpen coaches are Matt LeCroy and whoever it is now. I don't even know. I mean, and there's a reason for that. I mean, really, like Craig said, it's the guy that answers the phone, tells the guy who's too good to warm up. I've, the bullpen catcher has more of an impact than the bullpen coach, yeah. in my opinion. Um, if you could see the Nationals play opening day anywhere in the world that's not in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area, where would it be and why? Montreal, because of course. That's a great answer. <laughs> That's the I. It's Montreal. That to see the Nationals go back to Montreal as like a twenty-year anniversary game, it would be fantastic, and I desperately want to see it. That's amazing. That's my answer. What's yours? I was gonna say the moon, but that doesn't count because it's not the world. <laughs> oh, dagger! I know. Semantics. I'm really upset about it because I was really excited to just go the moon. <laughs> But, you know, uh, I think right now uh, I would probably say the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Uh, You get to dress up in a costume to a Nets game. What costume do you choose and why? This can be tandem or individual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know. What do you got? You have something? Uh, ketchup and mustard. All right, fine. I was gonna, I was gonna say Batman and Robin. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, okay, go ahead. Uh, when Ryan Zimmerman finally retires, uh, will Rendon move to first base, or do you think Rendon is a third baseman for life? I don't know we ha- if we have too many third basemen for life left anymore. Uh, That's. A- I think there are very few of them. 
uh, because it's a power-hitting position in which you have to stay agile, and those two don't make sense. Um, so I think that he might end up that way, but I think he stays there longer than than Zimmerman, and I think actually he goes to second base. Whoa! After he's done. I don't think he goes to first base. I like it. Um, Adam Lynn's curtain call was a memorable, awesome moment. Which non-star curtain call in your memory is the most memorable? Ooh, I don't have an easy answer for this. There's been a, the Nats have had some good ones. So DC, DC baseball fans make interesting curtain calls. Yeah. Um, like the, the limb thing was cool. Don't get me wrong, but I guess, I mean, I guess the opening day thing always elevates it. Uh, the, the opening, I mean, he said non-star, which doesn't make sense, but, uh, Harper hitting two home runs on opening day was my favorite curtain call moment that I can recall at the moment. Yeah. I can't recall many off the top of my head because they're long ago. Yeah. Um, they're all special. They're all really curtain calls are great. They happen for a reason. Yeah. I don't have like notes. Yeah. Based on like, this was a curtain call. I wish I had a memory like that that I could remember. Yeah, it just kind of happened. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and these are all from John Fang. Um, I have a lot of Orioles fans as friends, parentheses. We can get into that later. <laughs> and they debate whether Matt Wieters was a bust or not. Your take. Anybody who thinks Matt Wieters is a bust is an idiot. <laughs> nice. They're just, that's stupid. He's, he's an incredibly good hitting pitcher or catcher who could hit, hit for power and he's become a very, very good defensive catcher. So anybody who thinks that's dumb, that's my thought on it. Okay, and then we have a picture of a dog. Uh, a very cute barley dog. A very cute barley dog. And it's, it says, uh, who's a good boy? Who's a oh, good boy? No, you got to do the voice. Who's a good boy? <laughs> who's a good boy? Thank you. You just made my day. Thank you. There you go. Uh and it's, they're all good dogs, Don. <laughs> Perfect. There you good. go. Good. And I want to say that's it. We might have gotten some during, but uh, sorry. There we go. Yeah, I think that's about it. And the one thing I do want to say of, of the one thing that I saw during the show was from, from Jen Underwood, who said, people need to learn patience on opening day, which is true. Also pack your own lunch, which I literally said to people, uh, I was like, I'm never doing this again. I'm packing my own lunch from now on on opening day. There's no reason not to. Because you can bring any food you want into the ballpark. This is true. Yeah, I'm going to... And fireball in the sock. Suck the sock. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, that was awesome. That was lovely. Baseball's back, Joe. Baseball's back, and thank you to our very special special ops members who engage with us on the... uh, on the World Wide Web, and I really, we've been saying this for certainly all of last year, and then for a while before that, when we really started to do questions, it's my favorite part of the show. I love yeah. answering the questions. It's just, it, it makes me think about things where it's not just rehashing stuff, so we usually spend, you know, a little over half the show talking about the week the week previous, but I just love digging into 20 minutes of questions. It's my favorite part of the show. On the socials media? On the socials media, and if you are not on Twitter, which is basically our only form of social media out there, which we should get better at at some point, but uh, if you do not engage on the Twitter and you listen to this podcast, first of all, let us know how you found us. But second of all, uh, you could Because email- we're on Stitcher. We are on Stitcher now. That is true. Uh, and you could email us, podcast at natstalkonthego.com, and we will also read your questions on the air if you if you send us a note there. And you, you're not on Twitter, so we, we just love interacting with people and hearing what you have to say. So This is true. Yeah. I love you all so much, and it's baseball. We have 161 games to go Craig. In, the regu- in the regular season. Okay, right. There it is. <laughs> then we get to the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? playoffs? And then we got some things that are going to happen in the playoffs, and it's going to be awesome. This is going to be a great year for DC sports. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That's all I'm going to say. I feel the same. I must say. I, I do feel the same. Uh, so any parting thoughts, Craig, before we wrap this one up? Parting thoughts. Baseball is back. Uh, the sun shines brighter. Uh, the flowers smell like prettier flowers than they did a week ago. Um, 
penalties in the 94th minute are stupid. I, I knew you were bringing that up at some point. <laughs> um, that was an Everton reference. It was a bad day. Everyone should bring me beer. Um, and we'll see you at the park, please. Uh, if we say we're going to be at the park, please tweet us, and we would love to meet you and give you a hug. Yeah, I think collectively we will be to quite a few more games this year than last year. I know I could speak that for myself, uh, so which is why I could say collectively, because I didn't get to the ballpark nearly enough last year. So, uh, yeah, if we're around, feel free to say hello. We love talking to people. We like talking about baseball or your dogs or anything else. So, oh, my God, I want to talk about dogs. That's send really all pay- I care about. That's why I do this Oh, show. maybe we'll just have – okay. What? Nothing. You just did a whole thing there. I did. All right. Well, thanks for listening to episode 148. We're getting close to another uh, milestone here of Nat's Talk on the Go, and we'll catch up with you guys uh, probably next week. Thanks for listening to Nat's Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at natstalkonthego on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats!